Welcome to Gimpy Seriously. I'm Annie. And I'm Bruce. And together we will discuss a wide range of topics we think Gimpy should take seriously. seriously. Annie, something interesting that came up this week has to do with the water tower. You know the one up the end of Old Maryborough Road? Absolutely. It is my where are we signing Gimpy uh, when yep. I get lost driving. And I love it when they've got the colours up the sides of it. Like it, it looks great. The other night. Actually, it makes me think of a spaceship. Yeah, but you're a bit weird, Annie. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you noticed, though, on top of it, they've still got the star? Yeah, well, you know what? I don't mean to criticise anyone, but I did notice that, Bruce. So I've had a few people say to me, uh, are you going to be turning the Christmas light off between Christmases or is this a permanent thing now? So I, I don't know. But... Well, it would save money because I'm sure it costs a lot to put the star up there for Christmas. But they can leave it up there and just turn it off, surely. <laughs> I know that's what I do with my Christmas lights on the outside of the house. Bruce, this week I've been talking to people about the incredible amount of development in the Gympie region and just how things have been changing. You've been here for a long time. What was Mary Street like 25 years ago? Well, yeah, I can remember when there wasn't even a set of lights down in Mary Street (laughs) and people would go out just to go through them. And then, as people got used to them, if they had to sit at the lights for more than one change, that was called peak hour traffic. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Mary Street, when I first came here, and even, you know, up until 10 years before I finished at the banks, basically you could not see 15 metres in front of the shops. Really? It was that thick with people. Quite a bit different to what it is today. Somewhat, I don't know. To give you an example, being in a bank, there's all these security measures that you've got. And one of them was that someone would have to go look in the branch to make sure everything was right and then come out and go get the rest of the staff. Now, we were sitting in front of the the memorial gates down that way and the branch was Bank of Queensland, where it is now. We did not know that that person had come out of the branch until they were next to us. That is how busy it was at 8.30 in the morning. Do you think that all these changes, like Mary Street not having the population of foot traffic that it had, do you think that's that's changed the makeup of the community? Well, it's changed Mary Street. I was talking to a councillor a while back, an, an ex-councillor, and they were saying when the development came through for changing what was just the, the Woolworths out there with a couple of shops and the new development which became Gympie Centro, they actually built Gympie Central, as it is now, around the Woolworths while it stayed open and the shop itself is now inside the building but you know the doors going into Woolworths were on the outside of the building at one point it was amazing to watch them doing it all and still being able to keep the building open but apparently according to this uh, ex-council I've spoken to they estimated that about 30 odd shops would close in Mary Street with the opening people going shopping down there and to be honest, you well before the floods, if you went up Mary Street, counted the empty shops, they were pretty spot on, which is saddening for the street itself, but what it needs is to be rejuvenised, and, and hopefully that'll happen. Well, that's what we were talking about last week, Bruce. There needs to be more things to actually give people a reason to go to Mary Street. Well, one of the things, I don't know if you saw the poll I did last week, Annie, <laughs> but one of the questions I asked, I asked people what um, they've experienced, what they've actually explored in the area, and the number one thing that most most people ticked was Mary Street events. Oh, they're wonderful for the community. They are. The Gympie Chamber of Commerce, under the stewardship, you might say, of Tony Goodman, really pushed for those and, you know, pushed hard to make sure that they were there for the community. And I think it, it just goes to show that people of Gympie really appreciate those events and want them to go forward. 
Well, a date for the diary, Bruce, is Winter on Mary will be on on the 22nd of July this year. Combining the car rally coming in. Remember when we had all those rally yeah, cars yeah, up do. the street? Yeah, I do. So there's another rally being done in Gympie from the 22nd, Friday 22nd, to the 24th. Oh, that'd be Into exciting. To just make it bigger and better. Last year, that Wheels on Mary was huge. Did you go? Did you see all the people in Mary Street? No. but you saw the photos you saw the photos look I was there it was packed and what I really loved about it wasn't just great for residents to get up close with these cars that they normally would only see on telly the drivers themselves were talking to people about what is clearly their passion and loved it I'm told I I would have thought oh you know we've got to do this thing no they loved everyone excited about what is their passion and talking to people about what they do so you know it's a win-win everyone gets something out of it one thing I would like to mention in terms of the housing situation we've got around Gympie at the moment I went to the Salvation Army Red Shield Appeal morning tea this week where they're raising money to try and you know help homeless and, and all the rest of it what they mentioned in their talks was that every cent raised in our Gympie area is going to be used in our Gympie area. So Wow, that's Bruce, huge. That's huge. And they also mentioned, I haven't actually followed this up yet, they mentioned something about buying pods. So they said shower, laundry, and I'm pretty sure they said something about housing. That It sounded to me like they've already ordered them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finding more out about that. But when people give to the Red Shield Appeal, as so many do, please just make sure that you, you mention it's gimpy. Or if you have given money, if you have actually donated already, and you don't think that there's anything there that will, will show them where you're from, contact the Salvation Army and let them know your name, and then they can make sure that that money comes back to Gympie. Because we need it. We, we need these housing things here. That's a fantastic initiative. It is. It is. Again, lots of local people really getting behind it. I sat next to Tony Perrett. Uh, Michelle Perrett was down the other end of the table. Uh, Name dropper. I know. Actually, I sat next to a young lady who, turns out, ran for a council position in the Sunshine Coast. At the end, when we were just fa- swapping Facebook names and all the rest of it, it turns out she's related to Tracy. we're pretty sure we've got to find out but there seems to be a connection we both know the same name that we're both related to it's a small world Bruce Gympie is a small world I've always said that there's lots of new buildings and places going up in Gympie there's a new 7-Eleven over at Southside yeah that's kicking on isn't it see the big fences up (laughs) people will be excited to get their slushies there's also a more controversial development out at Rainbow Beach the old Rainbow Shores golf course is going to be turned into 37 new residential homes I'm not sure that I can comment on any of these development things. Well, so I'm just going to... That's probably because there's been 43 objections to this actual development, Bruce. Has there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's better as a councillor if I just step back and let the planning department do what they need to do. Well, another exciting one is over by Centro there. The old Tramcars Bakery, that building there, is being turned into a new takeaway. But as yet... We don't know exactly what it is. There's been quite a bit of speculation on social media on what they believe Gympie needs and what they would personally like, but we'll just have to wait and see. It will be a big franchise. I don't know about you. I want to see G&G, the Mexican Guzman or whatever they're called. Have you ever had them? Guzman Gomez. Oh, they are the best. 
I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. Have you seen over at Gympie Central, they're building something on the outside there where the trolleys are? No, I haven't. Yes, I don't, I don't know what's going in there. Maybe it's common knowledge, but I certainly haven't heard it yet either. So come on, one of these places. Get, <laughs> get this guy who's in. I want those black beans. <laughs> but there's also new development along Mary Street. The old Kalula Electronics is going to be changed into a unit. A couple of shops and eight vehicle parks downstairs. I read that in the paper only today. Apparently there's a development application in, so I can't comment. Well, you might be able to comment on what's up for sale. The old private hospital's up for sale. And Lincraft. And a few motels. The new servo that was put in. Yeah, that's quick, isn't it? And, of course, the Rainbow Sands Resort. Got a few spare mill, Bruce? No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Bruce, not all developments that get approved actually take off. And one that comes to mind to me is the Atacurra. There was talk a few years ago about a supermarket being built there and perhaps another hotel. And I believe it was all approved. It was all to go ahead. But it was the developer that then changed his mind. People need to realise that just because a development's been approved, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Now, I've seen that with the aged care facilities. So since I've been in Cairns, I think there's two that have been approved. Oh, yeah, there was one on Southside and, and one by the... The hospital. One by the hospital. They haven't broken dirt or anything, and I, I, I believe one of them's, at least one of them's for sale. Well, so it's a bit like where Brodie's used to be and the new funeral home was going to go there. That hasn't eventuated either. It's being built. I don't know what's going in. Oh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. We'll have to wait and see. Now, on social media this week, there was a big discussion about a new supermarket for an area like Jones Hill. The funniest thing was some of the answers that people came up with. Some people decided it would be a really good idea to just cap Gimpy's population so we didn't have growth. Does that mean we're going to be handing out birth control? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting into dangerous ground there. But it just shows you where some people's minds are and how they think. It shows but you where my mind was. <laughs> again, there was a lot of people bashing council. They were blaming council for development or lack of development because they were saying the council doesn't make enough commercial land available for developers. And yet we've got commercial land which is still for sale all around the place. Yes. So that's, that's a hard argument to go with, I guess. I suppose with the, with commercial development, industrial development, all that sort of stuff, you've got to look at what size they want, what size blocks. So do we have enough large blocks that we've approved and small and, and so forth? But, oh, look, on the one hand, we've got a housing problem where, you know, people are living in, in other people's garages. Yet people are saying we've got to cap the population. We, we don't have enough houses for the people we've got already. So how can you stop development in housing if, you, if you've got people you can't house already? Well, Bruce, I remember when the last council election was on, one of the big topics was a new industrial area. Mayor Curran at the time, he wanted Kaibong. Glenn Hartwick, who was only a councillor then, he wanted Curra, and Dan Stewart wanted victory. So none of this has been finalised yet. Obviously, that's the topic Bruce can't talk about. So we will just have to wait and see what happens to the new industrial area in Gimping. Look, all I will say is there have been reports done, and not just on the areas you spoke about. I mean proper reports into what is a good idea and what is a less good idea. No decision has been made as yet, and I can't make any comment whatsoever on that or I will go to jail. (laughs) Not a good idea. I've been to boarding school. Is it much the same? (laughs) (laughs) Now, in today's world, Bruce, there has never been more ways to communicate. Why is it that people still find it difficult to access information? 
I've said the same thing. You know, we've got more ways of communicating with each other now than we've ever had. All you got to do is go to Google and type in a search, and you get a hundred so replies. I mean, the first, do your own research. Yeah, the first the first fifteen will be an ad, but you know, I I don't know what the answer is. In my poll again, one of my questions was, is it easy to do you find it easy to access information with council? Most people were in the middle, which is a good sign, but there were twice as many people saying they couldn't as saying they they were all right. So. How do we fix it? I mean, council can't rely solely on Facebook. Not everyone's got Facebook. There was a survey or a, um, a report done back in 2018. I think it was the census, or maybe it just referred to it. Something like 20% people didn't have even the ability to go online in their homes. Oh, that's, that's still a huge issue. We could talk about that. And education to the cows come home. But what I laugh at, Bruce, is that so many people go onto an information site and ask a question. In the same amount of time, they could have actually done some research and looked up which markets are on today or are the markets on today. You don't have to live here very long to know what the pattern is. Do you think people find it harder to access information because we no longer have the gimpy times? We've got the online Absolutely. one. Absolutely. But it doesn't compare to the daily paper that came out. And the gimpy today, I mean, I'm just so thankful we've got that. Although it is a little bit like last week's news today. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't want to say. I'm not going to upset them. No. <laughs> I'm an elected official. But that is... <laughs> That is one of the problems of a paper that only comes out once a week. It is. It absolutely is. But I'm just thankful we've got it. Oh, I am too. Because people, and especially we must remember the demographic that lives in Gympie, the majority of our population are over 55. And they tend to be the sort of people who would like to have a newspaper in their hand. And I'm, I'm one of them. I love online stuff, but I love to sit down with a paper and flick through it and have a read. Now, one of the really great places to find info on the internet was a site called What's On In Gympie. Now, I had a little chat with the guy that ran this site, and he told me a little bit of goss. We've got gossip. We've got gossip. Are we allowed to have gossip on this podcast? What's what's On In Gympie is in the process of being sold to a local guy who I hear is quite a talented photographer. Oh, okay. And apparently, he's got big plans for this site. And of course, another place people... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we giving it a name? No. Oh, okay. One of the places people the sought information. One of the places people sought information during the last floods was the council dashboard. It's always a learning curve with these things. It really is. I'm I'm still waiting. Councillors haven't been um, updated yet on the floods, mainly because we keep having them. <laughs> so I guess there's well, get ready for another one in October, November. Yeah. Well, who knows? I just I'd like to get updated. Uh, from staff just to know what went right what went wrong I will say that in the last flood which was in May I saw a huge improvement in communicating with residents over the previous flood so that's really good it it means that somewhere along the line they've acknowledged that there was a bit of an issue and that residents expected more and they've they've fixed it so how long does it take to recover from what we can't say a flood we have to use the plural here, floods. Well, from a flood in January, we were told it would be two, two and a half years. And now there's been two more, and one was the biggest in living memory. Biggest in living memory, so... And I know, and there are the roads. Well, roads are always in constant need of repair. It's a bit like a never-ending story. Look, 
here's the thing with fixing these roads. A road, you generally redo it every 15 years. I think that's the standard. What we've got at the moment, people are confusing, you know, there's there's potholes and they're being fixed. And I'm, I'm using my fingers, you can't, I'm putting that in inverted commas. But it's not fixed as in that's not the final product. What they're doing, council, is they're trying to make the busy roads, the roads with school bus and all the rest of it, they're trying to just do a quick fix so that they can be used safely and then it'll go into the, the list of roads to be properly repaired down the track as they've got the time, the money, and they go through their triage of, of which roads are, has, have to come first. We've got over 100 people in our road crews. That's operational and capital, which are the two, two sides yeah. of the, the books there, which money goes pouring out of. And at the moment, they are just flat stick trying to uh, get the roads to a point where they can be used safely. People are getting confused, but road crew, well over 100 people. We've got all our equipment going full, you know, full tilt at the moment trying to get this stuff done. So my hat's off to the staff that are out there sweating away, even in this cold weather snap. They're trying to make the roads safe. So I, I would like to see that people give them a toot and a wave with all their fingers as they drive past and not just the one. And uh, <laughs> let them know that they're appreciated. It's also a really large region. Like, look, oh, at, the, yeah. look at the size of Gympie Council region compared with Noosa. We're about four times bigger, so that's a lot more roads. And, and that's why we don't just have the one central depot. So we've got the Kilkeven depot and we've got a, a mini one down the Tincam Bay because the last thing we want is to be fixing roads in Gamary and having staff having to drive out from uh, John Street. It's not an efficient use of time to do it. Now, there was an interesting post from Councillor um, Hilary Smurden on the Gympie Council page today. And uh, what I found interesting was his final comment was, you just have to accept that things will be fixed in a while. They can't be fixed quickly. I got the feeling that that was to sort of silence all the criticism out there. People asking for their roads to be fixed now. He does mention that there's like 5,000 what we call customer referrals or something, CMRs. 5,000 people have written in about their road to say there's a problem here. It's something like 60 a day they were getting there at one point. Now, every one of those, someone has to go and see what the problem is, what's been referred to. So that's a lot of time just in that. I know Hillary. Obviously, I work with him. All he's trying to say is, you know, what I just said. Just be kind to staff. Understand that the guys on the shovels and in the machines, they don't make decisions. They're just out there doing the work. Now, Bruce, if you've got an update for me, um, as you are well aware, there were quite a few people made homeless by the floods. They were going to do something affect the old caravan park that was closed down. Yeah, the state asked for it back, which was great, because they wanted to make it into emergency housing. So the latest that I've heard was seven huts there, seven little dongers or... Demountables. Demountables, thank you. Not quite dongers. Are used and got people in them at the moment. They've got others on their way out. They've done infrastructure work underground and so forth and brought things up to the standard. But they would have had more in. Unfortunately, we had that rain event. Another another flood. And they couldn't even move them from where they were, where they've got them stored. So that's the problem there. It's just slowed it down some more. But also, I think, highlighted just how much we need them. Yes. Now, in today's world, Bruce, we'd like to fix things straight away. But it doesn't actually work like that because there's so many rules and regulations. Now, one of my favourite places to go in Gympie is the Riverwalk. And I know I'm not alone in thinking by this. Back in the day, we could have just called a huge huge community working bee and everyone would have been there with their picks and shovels and leveled it all off and cleaned up the rubbish but that can't happen today no council will not 
will not go down that road. We would end up in court <laughs> for, for someone stubbing their toe. It's, it, it is frustrating because you're right. Everything used to be done community. The community wanted something. The community would get in and do it. And while you can do that with, a, a, say, a sporting club. Yeah, because that's what all the sporting clubs are doing in Gympie, especially rugby league. And that's what they need to be able to function. Otherwise, your, your fees would be through the roof. But council can't do it. Now, a really hot topic in Gympie at the moment is the future of the Gympie Hospital. Does it have a future? <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased to hear that. Oh, I sincerely hope our hospital does have a future. An e-petition has been launched by a local Gympie woman to protest about the reducing health services that are offered at the Gympie Hospital. And again, uh, my poll that I did on the weekend, and it finished yesterday, the hospital came up as the number one issue. Not only was it in, in my answers, in the other section where they could write what they wanted, it just came up time and time again. People are really worried about losing our health services. We don't need less, we need more doctors. There's doctors in town that can't retire they want to retire, they can't because they can't get someone in to replace them and they don't want to let their community down. Isn't that just typical old school thinking that Gimpy's oh, got... Oh, lovely. Just lovely. ...is going to be missed when it goes. Now, the petition has been sponsored by MP Tony Perrett. Is that actually important? I think so. I think anything where you can get a elected official on board, particularly at that level... Have you signed the petition, Margaret? Of course. Yes, and everyone else out there, get online, find that petition and sign it. I dread to think that every time one of my kids breaks a bone, and they do, that I'm going to have to go down the Sunshine Coast. Oh, I couldn't believe that when I was reading that poor woman's story. She even got booked into a clinic in Gympie that didn't exist through the health system. So she arrived for the appointment? I think she was smart enough to work out it wasn't there. Can Queensland Health hire her? And then, and then the trials and tribulations she had with actually getting an appointment down at the sunny coast. I want to know if they take you down in an ambulance because you've broken an arm or a leg or something, do they bring you back or do they expect you to catch a cab? They expect you to find your own transport back. See now, that's harsh. That, that makes it even worse, doesn't it? Well, I think it's what makes it so bad is not everyone in Gympie has the ability to be able to travel down to the sunny coast for treatment. Exactly right. And then we won't even talk about the cost of fuel. Oh, my God. <laughs> the cost of fuel. Don't say it, any. It's not council. It's not... <laughs> At least the council... That's federal. That's federal. <laughs> At least the council can't be blamed for the fuel prices. Oh, thank goodness. We can talk about that. But I'm what sure am I saying? Let's talk about the price of fuel. <laughs> Now, there's been talk about changing sites for the hospital. I don't care where they put it, I just want it. I just think that if they change the site, where would they put it? Finding a flat bit of land that big in Gympie that, that doesn't, doesn't flood. flood. <laughs> mm. Quite a challenge. But hopefully we will hear more about this in the future. Bruce, tell me about this survey you've been talking about today. Here's the thing. When I worked in the banks... I was talking to people all day. I had a really good feel for what people were worried about, what they were concerned about. That's what we talk about while I was counting money and doing deposits. And it occurred to me that in this job, you get to hear a lot of the minority and a lot of people that are, are upset about their particular bugbear. And I, I want to know more what people think in general. So I just wanted to do a, a bit of a quick poll because I know what I think. I know what I find important and I know what I will push for, my little fancies. But my job isn't to do what I want. My job is to do what's right for the community. So I always, I always try and think beyond myself. But there's other things where I just want to know that I'm on the right track for the general community goals 
as well. Well, as far as surveys go, Bruce, this serves as just a little snapshot. The interesting thing was, from 100 people had answered to the final 218, the percentages were still pretty much the same. So it just goes to show that a small sample can give you a snapshot of what's going on in the community. So what was the most fascinating thing that you found out from this little snapshot? People don't watch the council live stream. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, eh? I'll tell you the thing about the live stream, though. When they did meetings and people had to come and sit there, you could have up to, like, 30 or 40 people. You know, for things that people really cared about and they'd come in, they'd take a day off or extend their lunch or something so that they could go and sit there and frown at people. We get a lot more. I mean, you know, a good thousand people watching the live stream. Not immediately, but, you know, when they get home, they might watch it if it's something they care about. What I do is I try and put timestamps so they can go straight to the issue that they think is important and not have to sit through the rest of it because otherwise they'll give up. I'd give up. It is boring. Let's face it. We're not, we're not there to entertain. Let me yeah. <laughs> entertain you. Oh, maybe I should do my next recommendation as a rap. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that people will see what their representatives are thinking because we talk about stuff, we debate stuff, we ask questions, and that all comes in and then we vote. And you'll see that we don't often agree entirely, or most of the time we actually do agree, but we ask questions to try and get more information out to the public. I do it all the time. I know the answer. I want them to say it because I want the people watching to be able to know what that bit of information is. So I think that's an important part of my role. And what's interesting though, and I think important, is that I can vote no on something. People will know why. Whereas in the past, it was just, oh, Bruce voted against that. You know, he, he must hate the environment. No, there's a reason why I voted no, and, and they'll know what it is. The best thing that I like is it is a true account of exactly what happened. And we did see this, I've got to say, in the campaigning that certain councillors who would say that such and such said something, whereas that person was saying, no, I didn't. Oh, well, now you've just got to flick back through a few files. Exactly And it's right. all there. A topic that's caused quite a bit of discussion locally, Bruce, is unmaintained roads. Yeah, this is one that I would say every fortnight there's an email to a councillor about it. Because one of the things people mightn't realise is I think most people think that all unmaintained roads are actually out in the bush, out in country areas where not many people live. But in fact, Gympie City itself has got some unmaintained roads. I found one the other day behind Bunnings. I couldn't believe it. I, I thought, oh, I haven't been down this road. And I was driving down all of a sudden, halfway down it, unmaintained from here on in. And I thought, oh, wow, this is right in the middle of the industrial kind of area. And there's a residential street too, I believe, that's unmaintained. They're all around the place. So what is the answer for unmaintained roads, Bruce? Don't buy on one. It depends how much rates you want to pay. What do you mean by that? Why doesn't the council just say, we'll take this road over and maintain it? The cost of a road to put some black down and maintain it is about a million dollars a kilometre. Now, if we've got 200 kilometres of unmaintained roads in the region, you're looking at $200 million of work. Ooh. If people want their road to be maintained, council can actually come to an agreement with them where the residents who live on that road contribute half the cost of doing it and then council will contribute the other. So that's a, that's a pretty fair deal, but you've got to get everyone in the street to agree. The other thing is, if you've got a road which has a lot of people on it, then there's more chance that council will bring it on board on their road register. But that's, that's an internal kind of uh, operational issue. I also have a question about some of the unmaintained roads in the rural areas. And by unmaintained, I mean these roads are undrivable. 
even in a four-wheel drive. Some of these roads, they would serve as fire escapes during a route. Certain areas outside Gympie have only got one road in and out. One of the ones I was looking at, I was invited out to have a look at this old copper town that's out there. So you know the chimney at Kilkeven? I have had the experience. It's unique. It is wonderful, except for the chicken wire around it. Further along that road, there's another, I don't know, four chimneys and ruin of an old kind of house type thing. The chimneys are are absolutely stunning. I'd say even more stunning than the one at the chimney. And yet the road is unmaintained and almost untraversable. Yeah, who owns this land where the chimneys are located? I don't know. I assume it's council or state. State, to me, it most likely be state forest, wouldn't it? I could certainly find out. Annie, have you been to the Ark lately? No, I haven't been to the Ark lately. I was up there yesterday and I actually... Hold on, for our listeners out there, what's the Ark, Bruce? It's a big ship. Aquatic Recreation Centre. I was up there yesterday. I went up because I was was driving past and it suddenly occurred to me, I haven't had a complaint through my emails of that particular centre since we voted on who was going to manage it for us for the next few years. And I thought, you know what? They... They've copped so much over the years. I just wanted to step in and let them know. So I did. I pulled over the car and I walked in and I said to a staff member, it turns out I know, and I just told her that. You know, I said, I don't know what's going on. You know, we've fixed all the toilets and showers or, or what? She said, yeah, it, it, all the work's being done, but wonderful. Wonderful that people have, have finally seemed to have put some of that behind them and management may have stepped up a little bit, but we've seemed to have reached a nice middle ground. The users and the manager are happy. The one thing I also noticed which is why I brought this up, because I think this is great, is that they've got those little lockers. You know the little lockers yes. you can put? Because that kept coming up as a problem. So I, I took a photo and I sent it out to people yesterday that I know were upset about it, just to say, look, they're here. <laughs> but where do you put the keepers? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that sort of podcast, then. <laughs> well... I'd like to say that I travelled to another one of Gimpy's new food destinations over the weekend. I went out to the Fraser Grill on Tin Can Bay Road. I was out there when they were just getting everything together. They hadn't even opened and I looked and I thought, gee, this is somewhere on a beautiful afternoon leading into the night. It would just be magic to see those fires burning. And... Oh, it is. I think they're doing an awesome job out there and it's just another business in Gimpy that makes the place great. I love the concrete tables. What I loved is the food tastes fresh. Fresh and just cooked and great coffee. And what well, you can see the cows they use in the paddock. Yes. You know, suddenly they'll have three legs. I must admit, <laughs> I can see events happening out there, Bruce. There's a big mode area out the back. A viewing deck. And of course, all as we need is the bar. We've had a lot to talk about this week, Bruce. Have you got any final thoughts. Councillor Dolly Jensen and I went up to Meriburra to meet up with the councillor who shares borders with Councillor Jensen. They're both Division 2s, just different councils. So we went up there and we wanted to have a look at the Anzac Memorial area there because I've heard a lot about it and of course in the flood I saw it, you know, the, this wooden boat that they have up there as a display was suddenly in the water. Yes. Yeah, so we, we went up there to have a look at that but he also showed us a lot of other stuff as well, including some plaques that are in the footpaths all around the place of notable locals including himself and it's funny because it's got date of birth and then a dash and he says he walks past with his kids and they look down they go you're still not dead dad <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who would have 
paid for that, Bruce? You know what? I don't know. I assume it's cancelled, but Maryborough has a really good local community spirit in, as far as fundraising. Like, they've got that... Have you seen the toilet? The Cistern Chapel? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Oh, hilarious. But they raised money for that. It was like 70000 or something. I must admit, I'm a bit biased. I like our Lady Mary statue much better than the Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins up there is beautiful, but I think you'll find our statue is called Lady Fitzroy. Lady Fitzroy? Lady Fitzroy, not Lady Mary at all. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know know any. (laughs) But that's what it said. I went to the website of the people that made it, and that's what it's called. I think it'll always be Lady Mary. To all of us? For all of us, Gimponians. Except me, I always correct people. Just to see the look on their face, like I just saw on yours. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Bruce. And remember, to always take Gimpy Seriously. seriously.